to another episode of In the Trenches with the Equalizing Justice Team. I am joined today with Attorney Grady Edmondson, and today's topic is all things probate. So Grady, what can you tell our listeners today about probating an estate? Well, there's two types of estates that you primarily probate. One is uh, an estate that's left uh, in which the decedent, the person who died, uh, left a last will and testament. And then another type of estate that is open is when the decedent uh, did not have a will and it's called an intestate estate. And they proceed in different ways and methods. Uh, first of all, if the decedent, the individual who dies, had a last will and testament, then that last will and testament needs to be produced to whoever is going to be the executor of the estate. Usually a last will and testament will define who that individual will be, and in many cases, if that primary executor can't perform the duties, then a will will name a secondary executor or executrix if it's a female. And that person needs to bring forward the will. Uh, once the will is brought forward, it will. Uh, it can be one of two types of will. It can be one that's a self-proving will in which the decedent, the individual who has died, uh, executed, signed that in front of a notary and in front of two different witnesses who they who themselves signed the uh, will, last will and testament in front of a notary. And that's called a self, uh, self-proving self will in which uh, once it is put into uh, the probate court and filed with the probate court, you do not have to get the witnesses to have to come down to court and prove the existence of that will. If it's not a self-proving will in which there's not a notary who either uh, signed uh, or can testify that they saw the uh, decedent, the individual died, sign that will, or can, or the witnesses, then you have to bring down a witness who actually saw the decedent sign that will to prove it up with the court uh, before it is admitted into probate. Now, once those are admitted into probate, then you have to notify all the heirs at law, and they're normally relatives and children. Uh, aunts, uncles. Aunts, uncles, if they're named in the will. Uh, if they're not named in the will, they're not really uh, um, required to notify unless they happen to be an existing spouse uh, at the time of the decedent's death who was not named in the will. Then, of course, she needs to be notified because she is a surviving, she or he is a surviving spouse. Uh, and then the process takes quite some time uh, if it goes smoothly, once the letters of administration are uh, uh, issued by the probate court, then the estate has to be open for at least six months from the date that the letters of administration are issued in order for any creditors of the decedent, the individual who died, uh, can file a claim against the estate. And then after six months, that time frame for filing claims will be cut off and then uh, if you want to uh, have a 
full or partial settlement of the estate, then those claims have to be addressed if there are assets in the estate. And hopefully within a year, if nothing happens, the estate can be closed. Now, if you have an intestate estate in which the decedent dies without having a last will and testament, then the process is uh, different. Usually a close relative will petition the court to uh, open an estate called an intestate estate. And in that petition, they'll identify who are all the relatives, close relatives, uh, that could be potential heirs of the decedent, the individual who died. Uh, and if that's the case, then you have to notify each of those individuals. And then the probate court can appoint either the individual petitioning the court or if there's a contested uh, issue as to who should uh, represent the uh, intestate state, then uh, the court will have a hearing to determine who the personal representative of the estate would be. And letters of administration would then uh, be issued to that person who would then have to gather up all the assets of the estate uh, have to notify all the potential heirs of the estate and then um, the court will determine how the estate assets are distributed at that point in time uh, in accordance with whatever the statutes that apply uh, to the uh, intestate estate says. Uh, so that's, it gets a little bit more complicated. There's a, a, a little bit more requirements if you're, a letter, if you're the administrator or personal representative of an intestate estate, uh, you have to get permission to sell assets from the court before you sell those assets, especially real estate assets. And uh, so it's a little bit more accounting uh, that you have to do in an intestate estate as opposed to a, uh, a regular test. Uh, seed in the state. So all of this goes to show how important it really is to plan for the future. Uh, that is absolutely correct. Uh, it is, many people have come to me and they just don't want to take that time or they, they feel uncomfortable due to religious or personal reasons to be thinking of their demise in this world. But it's really an important thing to do is to have a will last will and testament uh, in order for your estate, for everything that you've worked hard for during your life to be properly passed to the individuals or entities to whom you want those assets to be passed to. Uh, when you don't prepare yourself for the ultimate demise of your life, which is going to occur, then you're really doing a disservice to your uh, heirs and your family, your children, your spouse, or your parents, whoever could be potential heirs. Uh, it, it creates a tremendous burden on them that could easily be avoidable by just executing a last will and testament. So what other documents would you recommend would be very important to also have in addition to the will? Because the will takes care of 
all of your personal property, your real estate and stuff after your death, but what are some other things that could go hand in hand with that pre-death? Well, what when I talk to my clients, I prefer to do the last will and testament. I want to do a power of attorney, which is a general power of attorney. Uh, and I also want to do what they call a living will or declaration of death. And in my power of attorney, I also do a healthcare proxy. So I, I make the healthcare proxy and the power of attorney, I combine them into one document. Some people will separate those out. For instance, a power attorney is very important while you are alive. It appoints an individual to step into your shoes if you become incapacitated for whatever reason, be it a car accident, be it a stroke, be it whatever reason that causes you to be unable to handle your personal affairs uh, while you are still alive. And so, I do a general power attorney, and it's really a broad power attorney that allows you, the person that you select, to handle your your personal needs as well as your financial needs while you are incapacitated. And the power attorney is only effective while you're incapacitated, and can be revoked at any time by you. So it's extremely important that you have one. Uh, it's also important that you have a healthcare proxy. And the healthcare proxy is basically, uh, I make it part of the power attorney because I believe that the person who has the power attorney all, all should also be your healthcare proxy. It just makes it more simple and it's in the same document. And that allows that individual that you name to be able to take care of your healthcare needs if you become incapacitated i.e. if you go to the hospital because of stroke and you can't speak or do anything like that, but the hospital needs to do medical procedures, then a healthcare proxy allows that individual to make those decisions uh, with the hospital to appoint doctors, to make uh, surgical decisions with doctors, uh, and to handle your healthcare needs while you're incapacitated. So it's an extremely important part of, to me, having a power attorney. And so if you can place your faith and trust in one individual to do, to handle your financial and personal needs, that same individual should be able to handle your healthcare proxy needs. So that's why I put it all in one document. And then, of course, the living will or personal declaration or whatever you want to call it, but it's called a living will. That is where uh, you can tell individual as to whether or not you want extraordinary efforts done on you to maintain your life. Uh, of course, it assumes that you're incapacitated and cannot tell them yourself. Uh, so that's an important document for uh, individuals you know, to have uh, when you have a very terminal type of illness or terminal type of injury in which continued uh, existence or life support efforts will not really improve your life. It just will keep you alive. And if you don't like that kind of stuff that be done to you, extraordinary circumstances, then you need to have it in writing that you don't want that. 
So the healthcare providers will be aware of that, your wishes. And that's why it's an important document. Can you survive without that? Yes, you can. Uh, but uh, if you don't want extraordinary efforts, then go to the effort of just making that uh, living will, that declaration uh, known to individuals by signing it and what your wishes are. Okay. So those are the three main documents that I think are important while you're alive to do. And that's the last will and testament to power attorney, including the health care proxy and your living will. And so our listeners can come and get these types of documents uh, drawn up and get them all signed and everything in, in this office, correct? That's correct. Okay. So if anybody is listening and needs to get a will, a power of attorney, a medical power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, living will, whatever you may call it, then you can go to our website, www.equalizingjustice.com. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of In the Trenches with the Equalizing Justice team. Stay tuned because we will be posting bi-weekly. If there is a topic you would like us to discuss on an upcoming podcast, please send us a message through our Facebook page. A link can be found on our website, equalizingjustice.com. No representation is made that legal services performed are greater than the quality of legal services of others. 